a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level entire area. Scarier than an This week on The Pete the Planner Show, we're talking about visualization. Yes, that's what we're doing. Visualization, it's the... Uh, hokey edition of the pete the planner show now of course you may be consuming this on radio on our podcast or on the brand new pete the planner tv which you can find at pete the planner dot tv that's the web address don't get there's no dot coms don't there's no dot orgs we don't have any dot nets it's just pete the planner dot tv pete the planner dot tv and you go there and you can watch this show uh that we're we're broadcasting on the uh the airwaves right now. So today's show is all about visualization, how it helps you financially. I recently wrote about this in my USA Today column. I urge you uh, to find that at usatoday.com and just search bar Pete the Planner and uh, maybe an indictment will come up like when I was arrested for a Ponzi scheme. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Like that's my, my motivation to not do a Ponzi scheme besides I'm a good person is like there's so much B-roll of me from being on TV and stuff. Like it would just be really awkward. It's like, man, how'd they get that awesome B-roll of that Ponzi scheme guy? And it's like, well, he was on TV a lot. So anyway, that <laughs> got weird. Uh, visualization. We're going to tag it from a few different angles today. Visualization is a great tool to help you uh, accomplish goals, whether they're financial or otherwise. So in the first segment here, we're going to talk about how visualization uh, plays a role in your life right now, and you don't even really realize it. Uh, next segment, we're going to talk about um, how to use it for goal setting. And finally, in the third segment, we're going to talk about how, how negative visualization can actually get you off track as well. And never forget, uh, at the end, of course, we have the bomb, the biggest waste of money of the week. So let's get started with uh, visualization and how it affects your life now uh, in your everyday life. So if you're going out to eat to a restaurant you've been to before, and you like a certain dish there, I'll say I live in the Indianapolis area, and there's a restaurant called uh, Fat Dan's. I think I've talked about it on the show before. Fat Dan's uh, Deli. It's on college. It's in 54th and college. I, I tell you this because I want you to go, but don't go when I go because I don't want to wait when I go. It's a popular place. 54th and college, Fat Dan's. There's one downtown as well. They have delicious food. Like it's one of those places that once you've been, you're initiated into the idea that you've had this like esoteric food and then you talk to other people about the food. Well, sometimes when I'm hungry, I visualize my order from Fat Dan's. Right? I, I said, I want a fat Havana burger. Well, let me tell you what's on this thing. It's delicious. Giant cheeseburger uh, with Swiss cheese, pickles, mustard, pulled pork, and ham. It's like a Havana. It's like a Cuban on a burger. See, right now I'm visualizing that. I'm visualizing that image right now. And so what ends up happening every time I visualize that and the fries, which are delicious, and beer, but let's not go there. Uh, every time I visualize that, my brain begins to work on ways to make that happen again, 
right? I, I start, I may even physically go and look through my calendar and see what's going on with my calendar. Can I make it to Fat Dan's this week? Or can I go next week? Do I have a business lunch that I can coerce to go to Fat Dan's? That's how visualization works every single day. You get an image of something that you want to make happen, and then you make it happen. Think about when you order Girl Scout cookies for the season, which I think we covered last week. The new s'mores are amazing. They're making it into the rotation with the Tagalongs and Samoas. But every year when a Girl Scout knocks on my door, I, uh, I, I negotiate with her. I talk her down in terms of what she's going to charge me for the cookies. I'm totally kidding. I don't do that. But let's say it doesn't matter. So I, I buy the cookies. I buy some tagalongs. They're always coming. And I picture as I walk away from the door, and, I, and I'm like, okay, I wonder how many weeks it is until I pull a, I pull a cold tagalong out of the fridge and taste its chocolate peanut butter goodness. That's visualization. And it's a really powerful thing. It is an incredible motivator. As we're going to talk later in the show, in the third segment, it can be a negative motivator too. Uh, people, there's this old thing, uh, race car drivers, right? So uh, if you're on an oval track, what's the one thing the race car driver uh, never looks at when they're driving? The wall. That's actually true. You never, ever look at the wall when you're a race car driver. And, you know, we, we're going to have Pippa Mann, uh, race car uh, driver, on this show at some point here soon. Uh, she'll tell you that, hopefully. Maybe maybe she'll discredit this entire idea. But from what I've heard from other folks who I know are race car drivers, you don't look at the wall. Why? Because you will drive at the wall. And that's how powerful visualization can be. But again, we'll cover the negative aspects of that coming up. But every day, in your everyday life, Think about when you are dissatisfied with the car you have. You're dissatisfied with the idea that uh, maybe it's got too many miles on it or uh, it squeaks when you start it up. And so what do you do? You start picturing yourself in a new car. You picture yourself at the car lot. You picture yourself driving the car. You may even picture yourself getting pulled over because it's new and fast and awesome. You go to the store and you, you see a, a, a sweater that you like. And you're like, I like that sweater. It's a lovely sweater. And you're like, I'm going to think I'm going to buy that sweater. But you don't. You go home and you think about that sweater. You go online and look at the sweater. And you're constantly visualizing this sweater. And it's making your brain solve problems. I was talking to, I was doing a, a TV thing the other day with Fox 59 here in Indianapolis. And the, and the reporter who was on the assignment with me. He had this amazing sweater on, and we got to talking about it. Uh, this is what we talk about behind the scenes, are sweaters. And, and I was like, I love your sweater. And he's like, you know, I waited a really long time to get this. I wanted it to go on sale. And I kept going back until it was on sale. He figured out a way. I know it seems like I'm oversimplifying this, but I'm really not. He figured out a way in his mind to solve the problem of not having the sweater. Well, what are the problems? A, he didn't have the sweater. And, and B, the secondary problem was that the sweater was too darn expensive. And so he solved the problem. He kept on it. He kept going back and finding it. Now, you, know, you may look at this and go, well, that's silly or it's materialistic. No, that's how visualization works. You know, e even when I think about, you know, you're, you're hearing this right now, whether it be on the radio or podcast, or maybe you're watching it on PeteThePlanner.tv. As we uh, built our studio for PeteThePlanner.tv, uh, we visualized what we want it to look like. Is it completely there? Yeah, no, we're working on some lighting stuff here and there. But we visualized it early on, and then we just kept solving for X. That's what your brain does when you let it do it. 
Contrast this with not having financial goals, okay? Contrast this with, um, hey, how you doing? What's going on in your financial life? And you're like, oh, we just wanna get better. What are you supposed to visualize? Like if, if, if your goal, which is simply an idea to say we'd like to do better, if you're just, if that, what do you hang your mind on to? Like how do you want, want to do that? As I'll tell you here coming up after the break, this all began on a flight for me uh, a couple months ago. I was on a flight and I had never been able to successfully visualize my retirement, but I don't want to go there just yet. But this is the importance of goal setting, not only from a financial perspective, but just in, in life in general. I, I remember when in 2007, May of 2007, I weighed about 220 pounds. I'm not kidding. You look at me now. I don't, I don't know if that's a lot. I weighed about 220. Uh, I played a little bit of college football, a little. Uh, and then just my weight kind of got out, out of hand. So I'd been married for seven years. Uh, we didn't have any kids. We would go out to eat all the time. I got to about two, uh, 220 pounds in, in 2007. And my wife is a marathoner. So she would constantly be in shape. She was a track coach, a cross-country coach. And she would encourage me to uh, lose weight, but I hadn't visualized it, right? And so one day in May of 2007, I'm driving by this gym and I, I just turned in. I have no idea why. It was like a godsend. I just turned in, uh, met a trainer there. I said, I think I want to get in shape. And he, and he sort of walked me through. It was like, well, what do you want to weigh? And we went there and, and then he, he usually took me to the point. He was like, all right, what do you want to look like in clothes? And this is all silly, but that's what I started doing. So from May of 2007 to October of 2007, I lost about 50 pounds. I, I went from running a, and by running, I'm really hurting the word running here, a two hour and 35 minute uh, half marathon. Again, by running, I mean walking. Two hours and 35 minutes to an hour 42. An hour 42. Why? Because of visualization. Again, I told you, this is a hokey episode of the show, and I don't really care, right? Uh, that's the fun thing about having your show. You don't have to worry about whether it's hokey or not. So coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. We're going to apply this to your financial life, specifically to retirement planning, to college planning, and so much more. This is the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Talk to my fans again. Renew my brand again. Review the plan again. We're back on the Pete the Planner Show. Visualization week. I'm forcing you to visualize. Now, if you're listening to this driving around in your car, which often is the case, uh, I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. That would be dangerous. Like, all right, everybody close your eyes, and then you rack, and then you sue me, and then you get the piggy bank on my, on my desk here. Uh, if uh, you just heard me reference a visual, go to PeteThePlanner.tv, and you can see what I just referenced. I'm also holding the limited edition uh, Pete the Planner. Uh, I woke up and made this coffee at home travel mug. Am I hawking products now on my show? Kind of seems like it. It's delicious, though. Mm. That's an unattractive sound to hear on the radio. All right, we're talking visualization. Uh, first segment, we talked about the visualization we have in our everyday life. 
and how that affects us and, and how we use it. Right now, we're talking about visualization from a financial goal setting standpoint. It all begins on a flight uh, a few weeks ago. I don't really know. Uh, so I was on a flight maybe a couple months ago. I, I, I've told you before, when I say last week, it could mean last week or five years ago. I don't, I think it's an age thing. Like I've grown, I like my brain stops working. So I don't have a concept of time or, or object permanence for that matter. Uh, anyway, yesterday I was on a flight and I'm walking back uh, to coach, right? And in first class, there's this couple and they were, um, they looked really happy. They were probably in their late fifties. The guy had on a, like a Patagonia or North Face jacket and the, the wife had on some like yoga clothes, you know, that goes. And they looked very well healed, if you will. They looked like they had some money and they, and they knew what they were doing. They had their passports in their hand. And they were just settling into first class and uh, I didn't know where they were going, but they had their passports and they were leaving from the same airport I was leaving from. And they looked like they were ready for this great trip. And, and it also, again, I'm reading into the situation, but this is the fun when you're alone and travel. These are the scenarios you create when you're alone and you're traveling. Uh, you just like, I I'm going to daydream about what their, their story is. So I went and sat in my seat in coach. And for the next hour of my flight, I just, I, I created this story of where they're going and what they're doing. And then it morphed into, oh my gosh. I think this is what I want to do in retirement. Now, I, we, let's, have some, let's have some serious talks here. I, I don't like to travel that much right now because when it travels, it means I'm away from my family. I travel for business. I go somewhere. I'm in a hotel room. My wife and kids are at home. It's a really sad thing. So when I think of travel, when I associate and I visualize travel right now, the first it's like a Rorschach. The first thing I see is sadness. I know tiny violins for me, you don't particularly care, but that that's what I see. And that's important. That's the connotation of travel for me is sadness. <laughs> it just got dark, didn't it? Got a little bit dark, but it's true. But as I start thinking about these folks that are in first class and they're like, oh man, they look so excited. I was like, wow, wouldn't it be nice to have travel mean not sadness? And so forever, when I think about retirement prior to this, I, I didn't know what I saw. I love what I do. I love helping people with their financial lives and, and come to terms with a successful retirement. I have no doubt in my mind, I will have a successful retirement because I'm maxing out my 401k and my HSA and I, I, I practice what I preach. I aggressively prepare, but I'm not motivated to save. I, I'm motivated by negativity. I'm, I'm motivated by what I see every day of people failing in their attempt to retire because they did not prepare with enough money which is really sad. It's a negative thing. I'm running from that by preparing, but I've never run to anything when it comes to a retirement uh, perspective. I just, I just have it. I, a lot of people do this, right? They, they struggle with this. They think I want to retire at 62. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know yet. Probably play a lot of golf. Okay. G great. I mean, my father-in-law is retired and he plays a lot of golf and he likes it. It's great. He, he plays a lot of golf and that that's good for him, but that's not me. Um, a lot of people think that um, it's just a big vacation. People think retirement is this big vacation. And I can tell you from watching hundreds, if not thousands of people retire in my midst, it's not a vacation. It's not you wake up on Monday and you're like, well, it's a vacation week for the next 30 years. There's got to be something. There's got to be something that not only drives you there from a, a, a healthy mental health standpoint, but something to motivate you when you get off track. If, I'm, if I make a series of bad financial decisions, which look, haven't we all made a series of, of bad financial decisions? But let's say I get in this rut 
where I'm buying stupid stuff and I'm just not thinking straight. What can get me back on track? Visualization, right? Nearly every day since I have, I saw this couple in first class, I've thought to myself, uh, I want my wife and I, once the kids are out of the house, to be able to go on a plane with a one-way ticket and go wherever we want. Is this a ridiculous uh, uh, visualization? Not for me, right? Is it ridiculous for you? You may say it's the dumbest thing in the world. Cool, fine. You know what? I think your idea of retirement's dumb, but that's what's great. It is, it's, it's, it's great for you. It's not great for me. If you're like, I just want to go fishing. I don't. I don't want to bait the hook, right? That's not a euphemism. I just, I don't want to bait the hook. I, I, I'm not like a PETA guy, like PETA the planner. I'm like against the worm dying and the fish getting hooked in the jaw. But I will tell you this. I've always found it ridiculous, the catch and release thing. They're like, uh, the, the fish doesn't feel it when the hook goes through its mouth. It's like, really, who, which fish did you ask that of? Right? I don't feel bad uh, for the fish per se, but don't go on with the, the fish doesn't even feel it. How do you know? You rip a hole in its mouth and you throw it back in the water. It's like, oh, it's fine. Look, it's still alive. You don't know. You don't talk to fish. You don't speak fish. How do we get here? How do we ever get where we go? Anyway, when I get off track, I now picture, I haven't gotten off track since I've started this visualization, but I, I picture um, what I'm trying to accomplish. It's no different than college planning. So I've shared with this, uh, this with you in the past. When I think about saving for money for my kids for college, it's a very elaborate thing for me. Number one, it's, I want to make this very crystal clear. Uh, I save for my kids' college for, I'd say, three reasons. The first one's a little overly simplistic, but it's, it's true. My parents paid for my college. My wife's parents paid for her college. And if, and this is my personal belief, but feel free to share it. If I don't pay that forward, if I say, thanks for the opportunity, I'm keeping it for myself, what's, what am I doing, right? Like, I, I, if someone paid for my college, which means I got to start my career with money, as opposed to negative money, it gave me advantage to build what I've built, good, bad, or otherwise. And so I, I for the greater good and, and humanity and, and ethically, I feel obligated to pay for my kids' college. Now, okay, so that's one thing here. But a lot of people feel that way, but then they don't prepare because of lack of a, a visualization. They'll say, you know, we're going to pay for our kids' college because our parents paid for our college. But then they don't follow through in any particular way. They just wait until their kids are of college age and then take it on the chin by taking out a bunch of student loans, not only for uh, the kids themselves, but for the parents to take out the student loans. So, so that's the first thing. It's like, I, I want to pay it forward because my college was paid for. Number two, this is where we get into visualization. When I drop my daughter off at college, because she's our oldest, but when I drop her off 11 years from now, uh, yeah, right? 11 years from now. Oh my gosh. I don't want to be in a scenario in which I drop her off after I've eyeballed all the men on campus, show them how tough, tough I am. I can look pretty tough. I just, I don't shave, right? If you don't shave, you look kind of tough. I like, I won't bathe. I'll look really tough. Uh, and I'll say to them, don't, don't touch her. But as I drive away from campus and I look in the rear view mirror, I'll be crying because the men in my family are criers. So Grandpa Dunn was a crier. My dad is a crier. I'm a crier. turns out my four-year-old son, Ted, is a crier, but I think it's because he's a toddler. Uh, I, will, I will be crying. But what I don't want to see is, look, is to look in the rear view mirror and think to myself, wow, I just burdened her with student loan debt. 
right? I'm really close to this. I mean, we work a lot in the, the collegiate space. In fact, just this week, we announced our partnership with Indiana University, Money Smarts U, a financial wellness platform for college students. Uh, so Indiana uh, University and I are putting that not only for their students, but then we're distributing it for colleges and universities across the country. 21 hours, that's right, of me, of content, uh, but I happen to be in it. Uh, because we don't want those miserable situations where people graduate with all this student loan debt and then their financial life is, is, is messed up. I, I met a lady the other night doing this project for Fox 59. She makes $44,000 a year. She's $103,000 in student loan debt, and she's on track to be a PhD, but her income was not going to go up great. It's always going to be within a $20,000 range. So here's a really smart person, clearly much smarter than I am, uh, who's hardworking. She's, she's America. She, she's America. But the debt she has put herself in is crippling. I mean, she, she may never get out of that student loan debt prior to retirement. You can look at the statistics. The people with student loan debt now in their 50s and 60s uh, are higher uh, levels than we've, we've ever seen, which is, is a little bit scary. So that's the second visualization I have. Number one is I don't want to uh, put my kids in a situation that I wasn't in. Number two, I don't want to saddle her specifically with student loan debt. And number three, and this is where we get selfish. You knew it was coming to me. I don't want student loan debt on her behalf. Because if you don't prepare for college, that whole image of me on a plane with a one-way ticket doing whatever I want, my house will be paid off, right? Uh, I, I will have some retirement assets saved to create a retirement income stream, as you would hope. And hopefully, we'll have a healthcare strategy that makes sense. Those are the three things that, that I need. But I can't do that if I have student loan debt, if I have parent plus loans for her and, and her brother, right? I just can't. That's why visualization is powerful. Once you realize that and you accept it and you look at it and then you turn your head the other way and say, eh, you're lying to yourself. Now, I've been hitting this hard for a couple of weeks. We're in the midst of a retirement crisis. You're either going to uh, be a victim of it by your own malfeasance. Malfeasance isn't the right word there. I just wanted to say malfeasance. It's fun to say. You should do it on your own time uh, by my own ignorance or I will create a path to a successful retirement outcome. It's on you because once you realize that that's what's up, that's the game, what are you going to do? Are you just going to say, well, we'll figure that out later? That is the fool's path. Let visualization guide you. Coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the negative aspects of visualization. When, when life's not going so well, how some of the negative things we visualize lead to more negative outcomes. That's all next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner.
cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was there. Ain't I won't complain about a damn thing on this beat. Back on the Pete the Planner show, the visualization week here. That's right. We're talking about how visualizing can uh, your financial goals, how it can impact your financial life. Yeah, I know. It's a little hokey, a little cheesy. It's like if Oprah had a financial show, this is what it'd be. That's not to say Oprah is hokey and cheesy. She can get away with this. The question is, can I? So we're talking about visualization. We uh, First segment, we talked about how we visualize every day. You may not even know it. Uh, number two, we talked about how to use visualization specifically to achieve your financial goals. But right now, we're going to take a different look at it. We're going to take a look at how negative visualization negatively impacts you. That's a thing. It's a problem. And uh, we need to address it. So let's let's paint a picture. Uh, you know, I met someone the other day, and I've got to think of their situation here. All right, I, 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 I meet a lot of people, and they sort of, their stories sort of blend in my head. It was a guy I was talking to on the phone. Um, he made eighty some thousand dollars a year, I think eighty five thousand. I'm not making this up. I'm just recalling eighty five thousand dollars a year. He had thirty five thousand dollars in credit card debt. Okay, you with me? Eighty five thousand dollars a year, thirty five thousand dollars in credit card debt. And so when you're in that sort of situation um, and, and you're, you're still going deeper into debt, you, you got some two pretty clear options, right? You've either got to make more money or spend less money, right? Because we're trying to create margin and that margin will be used to pay down debt, right? Because you have to live on less, uh, your current lifestyle, in order to pay for your past. Pretty simple stuff. And so prior to talking to this guy, I said, so what's going to happen here? What, 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 what's, the, what's the plan? What's your plan prior to talking to me? And of course, he always goes, well, that's why I'm talking to you. I'm like, well, forget me. What was your plan prior to talking to me? He's like, well, I just don't see this ending well. I think we'll probably, I, I don't even know. It just, it's getting darker and darker and darker. Now, there's this image when people say those sorts of things. I, I always go back and it's really cliche, but it is appropriate. The light at the end of the tunnel, right? I actually wrote about this uh, last year in my column or a year and a half ago, and, and I got weird emails. It was like, oh, really? The light at the end of the tunnel thing? Yeah, really, because it actually it's a pretty good description. Thank you, emailer. Uh, imagine you're in a dark tunnel and things aren't looking great, and you're just looking for some hope, right? You're looking for what direction to walk. If you're in a dark room and there's no light source, you don't know what direction to, to walk, right? Completely pitch black. You want out of this situation, but unless there's a light source, you have no idea what direction to turn. And that's what this guy was describing, right? He's like, I don't even know what to do. And so when he thought about his financial situation, and more importantly, when he thought about his financial future, he visualized darkness. So that's what his brain solved for. And I'm serious about this. When you negatively visualize, when you visualize negative things, it will lead you there. I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a brain expert, but I do know this. If you're constantly creating this image of negativity, you are very unlikely to run from it. You're more likely to run to it. It goes back to the IndyCar thing. Drivers do not look at the wall because they don't wanna drive the wall, they look ahead. What's the one thing as a driver you don't want to do? You don't want to hit the wall. 
So don't look at the wall. They know that you have to think of it the same way. If you're struggling financially right now, things ends aren't meeting, things aren't going well. You, you have to visualize the positive side of that. I know that is hard to do, but that's what you have to do. And it, it, it truly is small steps. Sure, if you're $35,000 in debt and you've got $85,000 of income a year, like how would someone visualize to get themselves out of that jam? Well, let, let's take a minute and figure this out. Clearly, you start with visualizing being out of debt, not via bankruptcy, but by paying it off. You get confident. It's getting a little weird, but this is how it works. If you're watching on PeteThePlanner.tv, you can see me start to feel and look a little bit weird, right? So watch this on PeteThePlanner.tv. Uh, so you visualize yourself out of debt and you think to yourself, well, how do I feel? How much money am I paying towards debt prior to getting out of debt that I will then have at my disposal? Because when you have that much debt, I mean, I don't know. I think you've told me he's paying $1,200 a month in debt. And if he didn't have that debt, he'd have $1,200 a month to do whatever he wants with. Ideally prepare for the future, by the way. What would that be like? Like sometimes when people start to visualize this, they dismiss how great it feels to have $1,200 a month at their disposal to do whatever they want with. And they're just like, that's not even possible. You can't do that. You can't do that because if you don't solve for this 1200 bucks, your brain is not going to solve for X, which is the 1200 bucks. You've got to say, what would my life be like right now? With, I'll ask you. What would your life be like right now with $1,200 of, of extra money? What would you do? Where would you put it? Think, think about it. I'm serious. Would you put it in your savings account? Would you put it towards your kid's college? Would you put it towards retirement? You don't have any debt. You're not going to put it towards your debt. Maybe you put it towards your mortgage. I mean, that's debt, but you know what I mean? Maybe you go on vacation every other week. I, I don't know. But what would you do? That's where this whole thing starts, right? So you what you can't do when you're paying $1,200 a month in debt is to not see uh, what's on the other side of that debt. That's why you remain in debt because you don't have the motivation to go forward. You are terrified by the situation you're in, but there's nothing pulling you to the other side of terror. There just isn't. So what this person needs to do is to start with visualizing the long term of like what's happening. Got it? Okay. And then at that point, you just work backwards. You allow your brain to solve backwards. So eventually he would, it would take a while, but eventually he would get to this point where he would visualize, okay, what do I need to do to get there? In his situation, he really needed to do two things. He wanted, he needed to make sure that he is being resourceful with his $85,000 a year of income. That's where a lot of people fall short on this is they aren't resourceful to begin, right? Because if they I think I convinced him to get a second job to solve, help to begin to solve the problem. If, if he got a second job before he solved his resourcefulness problem, then it's the classic, I have more resources, yet I am not resourceful, therefore the resources don't matter. Big problem. Actually a bigger problem than he had because then he becomes dependent on more money. So once he becomes resourceful, then he can add resources. Then he can visualize, well, six months from now, not, I don't have $35,000 in debt. I have $28,000 in debt, right? And then six months from then, I have maybe $21,000 in debt. And he starts to pick up steam. And when you get positive feedback of your visualization, it becomes realer and realer and realer. Again, back to us building the studio here. We put up the wall first. 
Then we put up the TV and then we put up the desk and we put up the shelf and it just, it got realer and realer. And the, and the closer we got to what our goal was to put our first show out, the faster we wanted to do it. It's like losing weight. I mean, if you think about losing weight, you think about being 50 pounds lighter, but it doesn't feel real until you make some progress. You get some momentum. That's not only why we need people visualizing, but that's the reason we have people pay off debt the way we have people pay off debt around here, using the momentum method. We need to create outcomes that support our visualizations. If all you're focusing on is the negative aspects of your financial life, you will swim around them. And don't think, well, I'm smarter than that. No, you know, you're not. You're really not. Uh, and don't think you've got uh, enough money to uh, make yourself exempt from this whole idea because you don't. Um, I I've dealt with people who make millions of dollars a year, uh, all the way down to people that make thousands of dollars a year, hundreds of dollars a year. Uh, and it doesn't matter how much you make if you are wallowing around in the negativity of your financial life. This is, uh, I feel actually feel good about this message I'm delivering to you today. Uh, it's a little different but it's true. You have to visualize. When I think about even my professional goals, if I have a professional goal, I had a professional goal a couple years to go, uh, go to write for USA Today. I visualized it, thought about it. What would it look like? Oh, to be on a plane and open a, a copy of the paper. And, oh, there's my ugly face staring back at me. I visualized that. But now, now it's there. Again, this isn't about me, but this is about the power of visualization. If, if I think I would like to speak at that conference, I visualize myself visualize myself speaking at that conference, and then I work backwards to say, what does it need to be done? I don't just go, well, wouldn't that be great? You can't do that. You have to put yourself there and then solve for X backwards. Coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. Biggest waste of money of the week. Maybe a news story or two. So we'll see. I'm Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm until it all calms down. This week's biggest waste of money of the week here on the Pete Planner Show is... I'll tell it to you here in just a second. Be sure to catch uh, last week's launch of PeteThePlanner.tv. Uh, so the Pete The Planner show, television show. Uh, our first episode, we did uh, uh, we did the power percentage and how that impacts your life. And then wine tasting, because it's that's what I like. So find that at PeteThePlanner.tv. We did wine tasting uh, under 10 bucks, right? Or around $10. Good wine for around uh, $10. So join that, uh, find that at PeteThePlanner.tv. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is the Balenciaga Speed Trainer. Less is more when it comes to design, so we've been told. <laughs> so we've been told. The Balenciaga Speed Trainer puts that rule to the test, made in Italy, of course, and resembling a lost prop from a 70s sci-fi production, they have a knit sock for an upper, 
a textured memory sole, and not much else. They weigh in at just over a half a pound, so they've certainly on the lighter side of things, and while the name suggests they'd be good for active use, it's up to you how active you want to get in an all-white sneaker that costs as much as a decent TV. So if you're watching at PeteThePlanner.tv right now, I'm showing you the sneaker. I mean, it really does look like a sci-fi boot there. And it's $545 for this speed trainer that is a sock connected to a sole that is stark white. In other words, this is the thing nightmares are made out of. If you, let's imagine you were going to your favorite baseball game and you, and you wore this to a baseball game and you're eating a hot dog because that's what you're doing. You put mustard on your hot dog because you're a human. You don't put ketchup on like an animal. You put uh, mustard on and you drop mustard on this shoe. You would probably be very upset. And that's why it's this week's biggest waste of money of the week. Catch us on PeteThePlanner.tv. We appreciate you listening. And as always, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I grade you love trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn, Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?